Welcome back to Level Up with Lori, where I talk a little bit about life, a little bit about business, and every single thing in between, where I share strategy and where I hope to shift your perspective and the way that you show up in the world. Because at the end of the day, what I really truly believe the world needs more of is the magic that every single one of us has inside of us. So sit back, relax, enjoy the episode, and I will see you on the other side. Hey guys, welcome back to Love, Love with Lori, the podcast today. I um, honestly am so excited about this episode. I just recorded it um, a few minutes ago. It is with a guest speaker who specializes in creating systems and managing systems for network marketers. So I asked her to come onto the podcast and share with you the top five systems that she believes every network marketer should have inside their business. And she provides like this amazing full service where she does this for her clients. But at the end of the day, even if you're not interested in outsourcing and scaling your business in that way, I feel like this episode is going to kind of give you a little bit of a checklist on like what systems do I need to put in place? And I know for me, I was literally making this mental calculation of like, okay, as she's talking about the things, I'm like, check, check, check have that, have that, have that. But then also like blank space. Oh yeah. I would love to build something like that. And I truly, truly believe that one of the number one reasons why we burn out in this industry is that we don't have these scalable systems and these duplicatable systems in place. And we're kind of working, trying to work inside the the cracks of our lives and we're flying by the seat of our pants and we're, we're trying to do a million things without building something that actually makes it simpler for us. So tune into this episode. Let me know what you think. If you love it as much as I hope that you do, go and give Whitney a follow over on Instagram. She shares her details at the end of this episode. She's incredible. I love the content that she puts out there. She's got a really great energy too. And I think you're going to love her and make sure that you share this on your socials and take me at Lori Irvin coaching. Let me know which systems you already have in place and which ones, you know, you're ready to build for your business. And remember build for the business that you're going to have tomorrow for the business that you have today. Step into that leadership role now, see the bigger picture and start to create that foundation so that when it comes to that point, you're not totally freaking overwhelmed. You've just already got everything in place and you're ready to rock and roll. So enjoy, 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 and I will chat with you soon. All right, you guys, I'm here right now with Whitney Hofer. I'm so excited for this episode. I honestly think it's probably going to be one of everyone's, maybe it's just me because I love systems, but chatting about systems and the five systems that every single network marketer needs, I'm like music to my ears. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. When you were like, I want to chat about systems. I'm like, well, I always love to chat about systems. So let's do it. Um, And actually, like when I was chatting with you and I was like, okay, but I also want to know, like, I want to make sure that I have my checklist. Do I have these five systems in place? Yes. (laughs) Awesome. So I know that you work with clients to kind of set up their systems. So But what would you even just say, like, where do you start if I was to come to you and I was like, Whitney, I have no systems. Because I think the number one reason why people in business burn out is that 
they don't have these systems in place, right? And they're just flying by the seat of their pants and doing, trying to do everything in the cracks of their life. So where do you start with people? Yes, that's a really, that's a really common thing that people come to me with is like the lack of systems. And I see that a lot is these really successful network marketers, they've built their businesses and they sort of reach this plateau where they're like, I want to scale, I want to grow, but I have no margin. And like, I'm stuck in this management mode where I'm just, you know, I wake up every day and I'm putting out fires basically until I go to bed and I don't have any margin for any growth. And so, you know, usually number one is like, what's your goal? And more, more often than not, it's like, I want to grow and I want to scale faster than I currently am. And so what we start out with is basically like, what's the biggest hurdle right now? And a lot of times it's, I'm not consistent on social media. I'm not filling my pipeline with new leads or prospects. I'm not recruiting like I should be. And also too, I'm not retaining. So I'm losing team members or I'm losing customers because I'm not continually um, providing value or, you know, getting in front of them. And so just balls are dropping where they shouldn't be. And again, it's like (laughs) the things that pull them away and, you know, they're continually putting out fires that takes them away from, um, expanding and growing. And like I said, having that margin. Yeah. And I mean, like we all know the consistency is the number one, like area in our businesses, right? Like it's this foundational element, but at the same time, there's so many things that get in the way of that consistency. So can you like, just kind of tell me like if what, what areas should we even have systems in? Yes. So I see it as like, there are five systems in my world that I'm like, you need to have these in place in order to, <laughs> to really, you know, reap the rewards and, and to grow. And I think sometimes people can get intimidated by the word systems and are like, oh my gosh, I need like all these programs and these platforms and it's intimidating and they don't know where to start. But truthfully, I don't believe that a system has to be complicated. Um, But number one, like I said, social media is usually a huge burden or a huge um, question mark for people. And I see it so often, not just in this industry, but just in general, we overthink social media and with overthinking comes you know, analysis paralysis and people don't take action. So, you know, there's no denying social media is imperative in this industry. It's most people's lifeblood. It's how they make their money. Um, and you know, you, you want to be sharing products. You want to be sharing your opportunity. You want to be attracting people with your personal brand in an impactful way so that they, you know, buy from you and eventually join you. But throwing spaghetti at the wall, flying by the seat of your pants. It's just, it's stressful and it's not an effective. And it takes more time than actually just like like having a system around doing something. Yes. Yes. And being in control is, is so, you know, being in control, everybody wants to be in control, right. Of how they run their business. So developing a system for social media where, where it feels manageable and also delivers results is the dream, right? So I say things like lead generation, like you have to continually be getting in front of new eyeballs. And when I say all these things, like this is stuff that I do in my business too. It's not, you know, it's, I think it's everybody. (laughs) So it's like, I'm right there with you. And so this is how I run things in my business. So I know that it, it works and, um, you know, having systemized lead gen, having 
content scheduling, tracking your analytics, working smarter, not harder. So you're creating content that is leveraging more of what's working, really taking a look at what people are resonating with and creating more of that content. Again, throwing spaghetti at the wall, it doesn't have to be that way. It's as simple as going in and looking at what content is working for you and creating more of that content. Um, content what bank. Are some programs that you recommend to help people get on track with these kinds of these? Because you did say programming your content. Yes, there are so, I mean, the options are endless. Some of my favorites that I work with in, with my clients are Planoly. So I know a lot of people like Planoly. Um, I love good old Hootsuite. It's an oldie, but a goodie. I've used it since my corporate days. Um, but it's good. It's a scheduler and it's free. So I use that. Um, what else do I use? I mean, uh, later, um, here's another good one. And I think those are the main three that I use just in terms of content organization and content, um, yeah, organization and scheduling. I also have a Google sheet that I use just for my content bank. So mm-hmm. I, this is something my coach stressed upon me months ago. I was like, you just need to have a content bank. <laughs> like when you're struggling with content and how, like, where do you start with making a content bank? Because this is something that, um, my coach, like that, I mean, long time, ago was like, you need a content bank. And I literally have this word document on my computer that says content bank and it's blank. So (laughs) (laughs) I love, where do you start in creating that baby steps? So personally (laughs) mine, the one that I have is a Google sheet or an Excel sheet. Um, and I have each of my content pillars. So content pillars are really, it's typically three to five umbrellas that all of your, that your content represents. So for me, my content pillars are my services. So my four like core offers are my content pillars and everything comes down from there. So I have it organized by tab. Each of my services or my pillars is a tab. And then I literally just brain dump in there. I I took an hour one day and I just brain dumped in there, just ideas as they came up. And then I went through and I just filtered like, oh, that could be a reel. Oh, that could be a post. That could be a story that I talk about. Everything, everything that I throw in there can be repurposed into different mediums. So whenever I'm definitely that you do for clients to then. Yep. Yep. I'm actually creating, or I'm actually, I don't know when this episode will air, but my birthday (laughs) is two days from now. And I'm actually doing a giveaway, a free customizable content bank for one lucky winner. So I decided that that would be a fun little giveaway. Well, happy birthday. I better get this one out this week then. <laughs> enter my post will go live on Friday you can enter and I will create a custom content bank um, with 10 ideas for each pillar under each, but super valuable. I live, I live and die by it. Um, I pretty much go in there day daily and I'm like, you know, based on what I and offering and based on what I want to promote and push a content bank is really super helpful in that. Yeah. So. And you actually create this content for your clients, right? Like, how do you, how do you make it sound like that? Because I think like on social media, one of the biggest things is that we always want to be authentic and genuine. Well, how do you do that if you're working with somebody else? Yes. yes. I get that question a lot. Um, if I'm creating content for a client, whether it be on social media or email marketing, basically anything I'm writing that is going to look like it's, it's from them. Um, 
having their brand voice is super important, right? So typically the first thing I do, if I'm bringing on a client in that capacity is I want to do a deep dive on anything that you've created. So usually it's scouring through your social media platforms. It's looking at past emails you've sent or written and also understanding your goals. So if you're like, I'm in a season where I really want to push my opportunity, I really want to, you know, talk about the transformation that my business has provided me and really attract people that way. Like that has a lot to go. That goes very, that goes hand in hand with how your messaging is. And Mm -hmm. so really taking all those things into consideration and also it sounds simple, but just feedback from the client. I mean, I will write things. They'll tell me, um, we'll talk about the goal. We'll talk about, you know, the do's and don'ts. And then their eyeballs are on everything before I hit post or hit send. Oh, okay. So they can review it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if, you know, there's times where they're like, "Mm, I might, you know, I might not say that that way. I'm like, okay, cool. Like what, what about that? You know, doesn't sound like you. And it's just, it's open feedback and it's like, okay, great. Noted. For next time. And it's, you'd be surprised at how, how relatively easy it is to pick up on brand voice pretty quickly, just with doing, you know, that's with anything, yeah. it's just doing it. And it's, you learn yeah. by, by example. So uh, now here's, the, here's the next social media question. Cause I feel like this might be your system number two that we chatted about, but I know that a lot of times what my clients tell me is that when they get on social media, they're good to do a post but they get sucked into the vortex of social media. Right. So like, how do you, how do you build a system around like the engagement that you obviously need and the connections and the relationship building on there without allowing it to be your entire world? Right. I think that's the <laughs> with everyone. I mean, I am not yes. excluded from that. Um, it's, it takes intentionality. I can't, I mean, there's no beating around the bush here. It's, it's taking intentional time and whether you have 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour sitting down and saying, okay, like I'm going to get on and I'm going to engage with people and I'm going to work on building a connection and I'm going to work on finding new ideal clients and just starting the conversation. And that's what I, love helping clients with, um, is getting them in front of new eyeballs. Like I said, social media is all about, you know, a lot of it is getting in front of new eyeballs and making the connection. And so, um, so you'll having, actually help people grow their social media presence. Yes. Yes. Because you can bring, <laughs> you can bring people in you can find and connect with new people, but if you're not creating the valuable content and if people are landing on their page and it's falling flat, like it's kind of all for <laughs> You know, it is. And sometimes I wonder, you know, like you put so much time and effort into your content. You really want to make sure that like, I always say like maximizing the efforts, right? If you're going to spend the time to make something, you want people to be reading it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it goes hand in hand. You can't have really one without the other, but yeah, being intentional. um, I'm all about folders in my Instagram. So saving, saving people to folders, not in a sleazy way, but just, Saving people. Tell me, how do you do that? Sorry. Saving, saving people, saving profiles, people that Ah, you across that you're like, I want to know her more. I want to, you know, keep my eye on him or her more. You can save people into specific folders. Um, that's something that I do on behalf of clients is, um, creating specific folders to, so that 
they can then go engage on their own time and take a look at like, Hey, Ooh, these are smart. ideal clients. Yeah. Ah, that's smart. I know. I love the folders for like, if I see a reel and I'm like, I don't have time for that right now, I can save it into like real ideas or I have like a content one where I'm like, Oh, I should make this my own. Yes. Um, or like, if I just see a good recipe, like I have a recipe one, of course, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> and then I never make it. <laughs> the key is going back to those and revisiting. those. <laughs> I actually feel like that's what I need to do more of. It's not making the folders. It's actually utilizing the folders. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So tell me some of the other systems you feel like network marketers need to have in place. Yes. So I would say the next one would be a, some sort of team support system. So if you are, if you've seen success in, in this industry, you've likely built or in the process of building a team. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, like I said earlier, because of that, it's off, it can often feel like you're managing, like you're putting out fires more than you're actually leading them. And so in order to grow and not lose your sanity and burnout and all that, mm-hmm. stepping out of that managerial role into more of that leadership role, um, while also retaining team members obviously is important. So having systems to ensure that team members are continuously feeling supported and empowered and celebrated, you know, I liken it to like, I can liken it back to my corporate job where I was like miserable. And I'm like, why was that? It's because I wasn't empowered. I wasn't supported. I wasn't under somebody who was leading. I was under a manager and like, that's not. Right. And a manager is just making sure you do your job and you don't step out of line. Right. Like they're not there to inspire and to set the greater vision. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, making sure people stick around is huge. Obviously, you know, recruitment is a big part of it, but also don't forget about retaining. It's so much easier to retain than it is to find new people. Um, What kind of things do you feel like a leader needs to do to support their team? You know, I think the obvious, like simple things like shout outs and consistent posting on the team page and, and value added stuff, but also I'm big on showing people, like actually showing people what you're doing and taking them through the steps that you're taking. Um, you know, if you're just, uh, if you're a leader, who's all about telling people and not taking the action yourself, I kind of think it falls flat. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm big on like, show people what you're doing. <laughs> you know, they want to see it. They want to see it in action. They want to, they can get behind people that are actually doing the work in my, yeah, and I always tell like, I always tell my clients, like, it's actually one of the simplest ways to lead is to simply share what you're doing because, it's way easier to talk from a place of like, here's what I did. Here are the results. And here's, you know, what that looks like than it is to try to contrive these big, massive things that you're not doing yourself. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's easy to talk (laughs) the big game and it's another to actually walk the walk. So hundred percent, hundred percent. So, and then I think for me, like inside leadership, it's about like, whenever I'm doing something, how can I create that for my team as well? And you and I were chatting before we started the call about like some things I found some foundational elements I want to have in place for my team. And I just think like leadership is like figuring out a way for your, you and your actions to be duplicatable by others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 
along with the team support, I think goes hand in hand with, you know, also customer support. You can't forget about your customers. Um, your customer base is crucial. You want to keep buyers. You want to retain as well while also adding new ones. Um, and that requires, you know, ensuring customers feel nurtured. They feel engaged. Um, okay, Whitney, this is the first time I've had a consumable product because I used to sell jewelry. Um, How, tell me all about this, like retaining and nurturing customers. Yes. So retaining customers, it's all about, you think about yourself and why you, you know, go to the same place and, and repeat buy and all that. It's because you have some sort of value. It's because you have some, you have some skin in the game here. Um, and it's, it's the same way it's, um, making sure that customers are continually nurtured and felt, you know, they feel like they're a part of your life and they trust you. Like, and so, um, you know, having follow-ups, having, um, content value added content in your VIP or customer groups, special occasion posts, like that's the type of stuff that makes people feel valued and they come and they stick around if they feel like they've forgotten, if they're forgotten, or if you're only coming to them when, you know, you're pushing for end of the month. Yeah. Yeah. You're pushing for end of the month goals or all that. That's, you know, that's not okay. So, um, it, it goes back to all that, like making sure people are continuously feeling important, feeling nurtured, um, and getting value from you outside of like just your, just your business. Yeah. Do you use any kind of programs for that? Do you find any that are useful in terms of like creating systems around customer service? Yes. Um, I would say, again, this is not complicated, but a lot of times it's, um, weekly follow-ups. So every Monday, um, I do weekly follow-ups with clients based on the orders placed, Um, So they can always come to expect that they're going to get an email on behalf of, you know, their rep, like two days after they purchase or whatever, they can always ensure that they're going to have a new value added post in the Facebook group on Monday or Tuesday, you know, they can expect that they're going to have some humor in, in the group that usually the Facebook group, um, So again, it's not super complicated. It doesn't have to be. I think that's good, right? Like assist, like the best systems are the ones that are actually simple because you can carry them out. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, And then the last system I was going to talk about, which is, it goes hand in hand with the customer and the team support is the email marketing. And that's another way to get in front of your team and another way to get in front of customers, another way to add. And value. Do you feel like people should have an email marketing system, even if their company has one? I do. Yes, you I do. do. Okay. How do you set yourself apart from your company? Like in an email, like what, what are we putting in these emails? Yes. So I believe email marketing is so underutilized. It's funny. I just had a memory on time hop come up the other day. I think it was just like a year ago that we had that Instagram outage and everybody freaked out (laughs) and lost their minds. Exactly. And I was like, I'm not freaking out because I have an email list and like, I have another way to touch people. But a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, I can't get on my stories or, you know, and I can attest to this because my email last spring or sorry, I lost my Instagram account last spring. So 16,000 followers hacked, lost, gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, it's just a good reminder that like, 
we don't own these platforms, but nope. you own it. Email- disappear in a heartbeat. <laughs> exactly. But your email list is, is yours. So it's another way to touch people. Um, I would say there's no hard and fast rules about what you, what you include and don't include. It's just another extension of your brand. And I think email marketing is so powerful in connecting with your audience on a much deeper level. It's a way to storytell. I share stuff in my emails that I wouldn't share on social media. It's a way for my audience to connect with me further. Um, helping how, do you, how often do you think people should send an email to their customer base? No less than once a month, for okay. sure. And what is your feeling um, between like a texting service like Project Broadcast versus an email? Is place for both of them? Like, do you only want one of them? What's your thought around that? I think both hold value. Um, Texting, so something like Project Broadcast, I think is very effective because the last stat I saw, I think was like 98% open rates for text messages. So you can pretty much guarantee well, right that now, right. Until everybody's gotten onto this and people exactly. are driven nuts by it, but <laughs> exactly. But I think the key is to use it wisely, right? You're not sending a text message. Sparingly in my opinion. Exactly. Exactly. And people are opting into it. So if they do want to, in fact, That's right. receive them, they can get them. But, um, no, I think there's value yeah. in in both of them, you're not going to send the same content in an email as you do in a text message. It's going to be mm-hmm. text message in much shorter form. Um, so I think it's just a different, it's a different approach. Um, yeah. Email plays really well into, like I said, the storytelling, the um, putting context around things and sharing mm-hmm. more of like that personal side. Yeah, definitely. I know in my coaching business, uh, my emails do quite well. Like they, they get a lot of traction. They, they pull in a lot of sales because there's awareness around them. Right. Um, and I think like with texting, like if I'm, if I'm looking at the way that I engage with text messages, I like the ones where it's like, they tell me about something that's happening right now. Right. Like something that I need to know about right now that I would hate to miss out on. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't need, I don't necessarily like an email is great for that too, but you're more likely to get somebody's eyes on it quickly. And in the moment, if it's a text message. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You're exactly right. I think that's, that's um, one thing to keep in mind and two, your emails. I mean, if you get good traction from your emails, you're obviously giving value and you're not all about sales at the end of the day. I think that's, that's the important thing. So show your customers totally. and you care totally. about more than yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, okay. I want to just like, cause I, I have a feeling and I, I see this all the time is that I want to talk a little bit more about your services because I bet you hear this all the time. Like people, how do I say this? Like people think that they need to get to a certain point before they make investments in their business. And I hear this all the time too, because I run my level up Academy and people are like, well, when I get to this point in my business, then I will invest. And I was guilty of it too. I was making multi six figures before I invested. And that was only because there just wasn't, I didn't know, I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. And I was killing myself to build all these things. So when do you recommend that people like look for support in their business? Yeah. Well, I, I was right there as well in my own business. And I reached a point last year where I was, 
I grew very fast and I was headed for burnout. And I was like, I can't, you know, again, with the margin, there was no margin and you can't grow without that. So, um, my coach that I love and adore told, tells everybody in the service provider world. And I believe it's true for and applicable to anyone else, but when you're at about 70% capacity, that's when you feel like, okay, I'm at 70%. I've got trajectory. I've got a little bit of wiggle room. That's when you want to hire in some help. Um, you don't want to wait. You don't want to wait till you're at hundred percent when you're burnt out, (laughs) when you are. Well, it's very hard to hand things off when you're burnt out. Like it's really hard to have that space. Even like, I remember hiring my first assistant, like it, it takes some time to get up and running with somebody and working and stuff. So if you are at 110 capacity, when you're trying to do that, it's just adding another thing to your plate. Exactly. And there's, you know, there's going to be some training time and there's going to be some onboarding and you have to Ah. for that. And if you have absolutely, if you're like, I just need to get things off my plate, I need you to take over it. You know, that's Mm -hmm. not going to be as an effective relationship as when working together. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, and and I always tell my clients, like show up as the leader, you are going to be right. Like you don't, you don't have to wait until you're there to put these systems in place because you will get there so much quicker. If you start to make some of these shifts and you start to show up as that leader today, because there's no, like, honestly, I think sometimes people, it's like our our um, lack of belief in ourselves, right? We're, we're not sure we can get there, but like, there's actually no way you won't get there if you do the things right. Like everybody is capable of getting there in hyphens. I was just going to say that so often it's like, it's not the, it's not the help that we're hiring that we're questioning, you know, are they going to help me? Are they going to be successful? It's not, you know, the coach that I'm hiring that I'm like, I know what, I know what this investment could give me. It's trust in myself. It's trust in, yeah. that it's trust it. in ourselves. I remember saying when I hired my, I Joe, most of the people in my world will know Joe, my virtual assistant. And when I hired her two and a half years ago, I remember saying to my coach, like, how am I going to afford X number of dollars a month? Like what happens if this happens or this happens or this happens and I can no longer afford that. And she's like, Lori, Think about it this way. When you are making this amount, that amount of money won't matter to you at all, right? Like that amount of money will allow you to get to that point. So, and it really does. That support is what allows you to grow and scale. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm lucky enough to work with a lot of clients who, who get that and who, Mm -hmm. um, who see the value and who know that. Did you start in network marketing? Like, have you, do you have a background in network marketing? What made you want to, like, what made you saw, what made you saw, good English, Lori, <laughs> what made you see an opportunity in this industry? Yeah, it's really funny. there is, I see it. Yeah, no, it's, it's really funny because I get that question so often and I used to, um, I don't want to say like shy away from it, but it was just not something like I openly shared, but so I entered, I entered the online service provider world in 2019. I started as a virtual assistant and right before the pandemic and, um, went full time at the end of 2019. And then of course, 2020 hit all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. I had my second child. I, I mean, it was just like, it was a year for everybody, but like, <laughs> so but really all hell broke loose, but really all hell broke loose. And so, um, 
it was funny at the beginning of 2020, I was approached by a top leader in a company. She actually found me, approached me. I think we were in like a, like a mutual Facebook group. And she approached me and was like, I really need some help in my business. I'm growing. Like I can't manage it myself. Would you be willing to help me? And so I was like, yes, absolutely. So I um, came in and helped her start managing so many different aspects in her business. We hit it off. We're still friends today. I think a lot of it has to do with we're both Enneagram ones. So we just like, we got each other. And so um, later that year, I joined a coaching program and I had seen some traction in, in my business and gotten clients here and there, but I really hadn't drilled down fully into a niche. And so mm-hmm. kind of doing my homework and due diligence, I was like, gosh, where do I really want to focus my attention? And I had just fallen in love with the work that I was doing for my client at the time. Um, and I was like, I really want to do more of this. And so I was working with my coach at the time and she was like, do it, like go all in. If that's what you want to do, like, let's do it. And so that's when I pivoted and went all in and I started gaining more and more traction, getting more clients. And I was like, I'm hooked. Like, I love this. There's an opportunity. There's a huge opportunity here. This industry is underserved. And so, yeah, I pretty much haven't looked back. And then about a year ago is when I really stepped into the online business manager role from virtual assistant. So really honing in on service offerings and just being like that manager of the business, taking on certain things, you know, fully to help alleviate a lot of that burden in managing the business. So that was a roundabout answer, but (laughs) no, it's it's so interesting to me because I haven't seen a lot of virtual assistants. I know there's a lot of network marketers that have virtual assistants, but I haven't seen a lot of virtual assistants that specifically specialize in network marketing. And it is a very different industry in that there's different needs and different timetables for things too. So I love, like, I'm so happy you sent me that message and that we've got to have this chat today. And that I feel like now I'm like, oh gosh, Whitney just build all the things for me. <laughs> I'd be happy to. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. So where can people find you if they just want to like learn more about you or hear what packages you have? I'm assuming it's either hourly or packages. I don't know. (laughs) Yes. So I, I work off monthly retainers, but, um, I am over on Instagram. That's where I hang out daily in stories and consistently posting and, um, provide trainings and just anecdotal, you know, stories that of stuff that I do for clients. So, um, you can find me at Whitney.hofer, H O E F E R. And yeah, I'd love to connect and amazing. Yeah. Yay, you thank you my- so much for today. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, anytime, anytime you want to talk systems, I'm your girl. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Awesome. Ha, <laughs> ha,